Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Oh, we're, we're going to have some fun here before we get to David Staples. 107 in Edmonton. Jam-packed edition of Oilers Now. One and three Oilers against the three and one Maple Leafs. Some in Toronto have been planning the parade since the moment the North Division was announced. And in fairness to the Leafs, they went up against some good teams in the playoffs the last few seasons. We discussed the fact it's understandable where maybe some of the bitterness comes from. Toronto hasn't won a playoff series, as I mentioned, since Connor McDavid was seven. They haven't been to a Stanley Cup final since before Tyson Berry's father, Len Berry, was born. And we have a couple of responses that have made me chuckle during the break. i got to get to them. We will tell you the second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. We're going to head off there momentarily for the cult of hockey's David Staples. But we're going to go to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Cletus may have the text of the year on our Ashley Fine Floors text line has been providing winning results for over 35 years. Cletus, wasn't that like Gunsmoke? Was that the name of the character? Bob, it's Cletus. Last time the Leafs won the cup, I was in diapers. The next time the Leafs win the cup, I'll be back in diapers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Cletus, you're making me laugh. Sometimes you got to laugh at yourself. Uh, it's a harsh reality of life. We're going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk today. And we welcome back to the show David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. David, how are you? 
I'm still laughing, Bob. That that you that, didn't, you, that, you, you, that may be the text of the year. Like I thought you were kind of like I thought. Okay, what's he going to come up with here? Like it's not going to live up to that billing, but that lived up to the billing. I mean, it just it just. I, I'm sitting there, and a couple a couple friends of mine uh, passed along some of the narratives that were coming out of Toronto over the last 24 hours with the Oilers, and I was just like, you know, I, I get I get where that exasperation and frustration because whenever we go in there. Like it's you'll have two or three or three or four guys, and you know what? Like it it hasn't been great for Edmonton, and 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 th- thank God, you know, as a member of the Edmonton Oilers uh, organization that works for the for uh, OEG, make no mistake, man, we're lucky to have as great of fans as we have, and as loyal and as dedicated of fans. But could you imagine, like, uh, and I don't know what you're. I, I think you were born pre '67. But 62, our, yeah. 62. So, all right. So they won the Cups in 62, 63, 64, and then again in 67. Like, I'll tell you, David, I grew up, Dave Keon was my first idol. And then I matured and went with Guy Lafleur. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, they, I like Dave Keon. And, and I didn't hate the Leafs. I wanted the Leafs. I hate, I was not a fan of the LA Kings in the 1990s, early 90s, right? I wanted Wendell Clark and the Leafs to beat LA in 93. But they've not been to a Stanley Cup since 67. And they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. And at times, I'm wondering, does that maybe make it more understandable that there's, and, and then this year, it's, it's all Canadian division. So it's seven Canadian teams. So you are openly cheering against other Canadian teams. Does that make some of the, uh, perspectives that are shared out there about failures of our organizations understandable? Uh, the, the, the Leafs fans, you know, Bob, I, they can be bad, but they're not Canucks fans, and they're not Flames fans. So I kind of I find them a little bit uh, over the top. But there's, on the other hand, because of Twitter, I know some really smart and intelligent Leafs fans um, who are very fair-minded, and they love their team every bit as much as I love the Oilers. So I have I, I'm kind of sympathetic to them. They've had a hard time, but so have we for quite a while. So. Um, I see us kind of in the same boat. And my own Leafs, you know, I also cheered for the Leafs. I was big. I loved those Roger Nielsen teams in the late 70s with Salming and Sittler and McDonald. And, and then they made the big trade for Dan Maloney that didn't work out, kind of their Milan Lucic moment. So, you know, I'm not rooting against the Leafs. And, and I find their fan base kind of, you know, it's got an extreme of hardcore people that are hard to hard to tolerate i can't stand them but on the other hand there's lots of great leaf fans too so that's how i take them i mean i i've had guys come up to me uh in tra- and it's different this year obviously for jacoby but there's times i'm just sitting there minding my own business at a media availability and guys have come up to me and said you guys didn't deserve connor mcdavid oh i hate like that just, part of the movie, like, yeah. like like just sitting there minding my own business and as D- david you can well imagine i'm i'm not necessarily the type of guy that's just a shrinking violet I, I I may, you know, have an animated conversation with an individual like that. It's just kind of funny. You know what killed me, Bob, was the whole, if you're a Leafs fan, if you're in that category of Leafs media or Leafs fans who looked at Connors McDavid's face on the moment he was drafted and read that as, oh, I can't stand to go to Edmonton, I wish I was a Leaf. If you, if you did that amount of mind reading, then you're, then you're in that category of crazy Leaf fan who is hard to tolerate and makes me want to hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's only, but that's only about, you know, 
70 or 80% of the Leafs fan base. So, <laughs> and, and, and the majority, and in fairness, the majority, the rationales, yeah. the rationales showed by 80 to 90% of the media out of Toronto. Like, I want, in a normal year, David, I want all seven Canadian teams to make the playoffs. Right, I do. I, it's it's for me. me it's too. better for yeah. it, like I do. It, it just it means more, and it matters here. And because it means, you know what? Auburn Auburn fans hate Alabama. Alabama fans hate Auburn and LSU. Well, actually, everybody in the SEC and college football hates Alabama because you know they've won six national titles in the last twelve years. All right, that's uh, it, but it comes with the territory and sport. It's part of sport. The Oilers are off to a bad start, David. They're one and three. Uh, they've been unimpressive. In a couple of the games, uh, the biggest surprise, the power play, do you think? Yeah, there's Bob, there's so many disappointments. And I just feel uh, like everything that I was hoping would turn out and kind of expecting to turn out is not turning out. I was expecting, you know, Caleb Jones to step up. Um, you know, I was hoping that these new lines that, that Tippett had worked out would work out and expecting them to come come and do better. But the power play... In some ways, it's not as unexpected because they lost a really key piece, an underrated piece of that power play in Oscar Kleffbaum. And um, he was, he was. Uh, I, this is going to go way back, but you probably remember, uh, maybe you remember Duke basketball in the in the 80s with Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley. They had a point guard who just passed, 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 set up the other guys, made them look good. And that's what Oscar Kleffbaum did with the Oilers. He, he, he cut his shooting uh, rate in half over two or three years in the power play, half as many shots as he used to take, and just started to set up McDavid and Dreisaitl constantly. And he put the puck like a metronome right on their stick, right on their stick every single time. And I think that they're having a hard time. Tyson Berry's a far more dynamic player. He moves more, passes it a little harder. And they just seem they're just getting their rhythm. They've got to figure it out. And I think they're going to. But they haven't yet figured out how to make this work with Barry as the quarterback. And they're, I think the, the big three guys, Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, and McDavid, all seem to be trying to do a little bit too much and uh, freezing out Barry a little bit and not working with Chase on down low enough. They're kind of overcompensating. But they're, they're the whole thing's just out of sync. Except in that one game, uh, game two against Vancouver, when the power play was like out of this world good, and we saw its potential with Barry. They were all moving around. They had like they were they were like Barcelona passing the uh, soccer ball around, just with that kind of arrogance and confidence. So we saw that power play in a moment, what it can be, but it's going to take a while before it, it's going to be that every single game. And they'll figure it out, but it's it's kind of painful to behold them uh, going through that learning process. Uh, do you know what part of it is, David? And I'm serious about this. They don't. They don't have any. Like you know what? We've raised a generation of players that believe you're greedy if you shoot. Yeah. I'm serious, and it's a Canadian thing. It's specifically Canadian. Like you're not greedy if you want to shoot the puck. There's nothing wrong with shooting the puck, right? That like, but yeah, we, they miss we, James Neal, eh? He'll shoot. Well, well, he'll sh- like you know, Chason's more of a, a net front. Chason's good on puck retrievals. They were very uh, positive, supportive numbers of Chason's deployment on the power play. He was just starting to heat up. 
but he's less like sometimes Neil backs off and angles off and shoot and and actually shoots from the side of the goal. Yeah, and he's got a shooter's mentality. And yeah. there is nothing like like I noticed with Barry, maybe till the fourth power play against Montreal in the second game of the series, he he wasn't shooting the shoot the pill. You can pound it, shoot it, let her rip, create some chaos off his shots. Nugent Hopkins was starting to get a little bit more assertive off that left side in that one three on one formation. Shoot it, get it to the net. You know, uh, Leon Drysaddle's got eleven shots in four games. He's got to shoot more, man. You're you're the Raiden Hart Trophy winner. So call yeah. me crazy, but that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. All right. Uh, so the power play. What do you think? Of, I know you did a poll yesterday. You heard. Uh, I don't know if you heard Brian Lawton. Is it too obvious just to get back to Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, and Yamamoto? Bob, this is just like I keep bringing it up, so I feel like a broken record, and I don't want to attack the coach because he's obviously an excellent coach, and he knows his team, and he knows his players. But the Oilers, since they moved Nugent Hopkins off the dynamite line, away from Drysaddle and Yamamoto, they have two wins and seven losses. They have looked not the same team. They have been out of sync, discombobulated. And and I keep going back to the same thing. That line scored 30 goals at even strength, and they gave up nine. It had 77% uh, goals for percentage, the best by far of any line in the NHL last season. You have a line like that that can dominate. You need to make the other team stop that line to beat you. And if you and if you don't make the other team do that, then you're really not doing your job as the coach. And I know that's a strong comment, but 90% of Oilers, 93% of Oilers fans in our poll say like reunite that line. And I think that they're right. And I still, I, I know that they're searching for the right line mates with McDavid. I think that's a really complex process. Like it's been in Pittsburgh all these years with Crosby, where they, it's hard to find the right fit. But I think there's a real high likelihood, actually, that Dominic Cahoon might fit with McDavid. So just switch up Cahoon and, and R&H uh, for three or four games. See, see if that works. Because the turning point of last season was when they, when Tippett, Tippett was smart enough to put that line together. You know, full credit for for that. He did it. So just do it again, Coach. You had it right once. Um, let's see it again. From the call to hockey, David Staples. David, defensive woes. That's been an issue. <sighs> Indeed, Bob. I was bullish on Caleb Jones, but he looked he looked like the moment got the better of him. He finally had what he's been working towards all these years, a real opportunity to be a top-four demon in the NHL, and he just looked like he was timid, like he was nervous with the puck uncharacteristically. He'll come out of it, but I, I think it's the right call to put um, Chris Russell back in the lineup for now and let Jones sit and think about it a while. Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse have also struggled equally. I think, you know, they took Bear out of the lineup, but Darnell Nurse has also had plenty of iffy moments on the ice. So so they were much more reliable. They were better last year. I mean, Bob, this team hasn't been the same since the the lockdown, since the first lockdown. They weren't they looked discombobulated in the playoffs and they look like the same discombobulated bunch of players right now. And it's hard to know exactly what's going on. Could just be that this team is more the the layoff and the rust hit them harder than other squads because maybe they're more dependent on I don't know finesse or passing. I'm not exactly sure why, but the defense is part of the problem. I just think they do have the pieces though to to fix it. And Cuckoo has been a remarkable surprise. Like he has been, he's no, he been really strong. So, no, he so, hasn't. so that, 
you, you don't think he's been strong? Oh, not a surprise to some. Surprise to he's, me. I'll, I'll put he's it that not way. A, he's not a surprise to me. Fair enough. But playing well and getting the job done. So they have, I, I, and I think outside of a real shaky first game, I know people are down on Adam Larson, but I think he's actually been pretty strong. That's the uh, one the thing, games. Dave, that's the one thing I'll say in Caleb Jones' defense. It did not help him that Adam Larson, that first game performance. I mean, look at the first goal of Canucks score. I'm just still trying to figure out what Larson was thinking there. I mean, that's that's a veteran shutdown defenseman. He knows his role. He races across and makes, a, and then Nugent Hopkins doesn't uh, totally pick up uh, Bo Horvat. Literally from that goal on, I was like. You know, it it just kind it just kind of surprised me. So Jim Playfair and Dave Tippett have some work to do with this defense. I thought the defense would move the puck way better than they did. And I, you know what? Last year they got off to a hot start. Uh, they they we we didn't know how injured McDavid was in the off season, but they came back in the game against Vancouver. They outscored L.A. Then they went on the road trip and won three straight out east. Their power play was cooking. They had positive mojo early, and they needed it because they were only David. 2017 and four. By the time they put Drysaddle on his own line, centering uh, uh, Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins, they were 5:30. So they needed that hot start to get going. They need to get out of this uh, little funk, and they need to get going, Dave. Bob, it's it's. Uh... We've seen bad starts with the Oilers. We're all having that kind of PTSD from that, right? Like we, we, we just know how quickly it can go downhill in Edmonton. So they need to crank it up. But I, I, I still believe in the potential of this team. I don't think, like, I'm not seeing bad players. I'm just seeing a team that's out of sync. Caleb Jones is a good player. Uh, Adam Larson's a good player. Darnell Nurse and Ethan Bear are good players. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid on the, you know, Bob, last game, Connor McDavid made zero contributions to grade-A scoring chances all game. Not one. And I don't think that's ever happened before in his career as an Oiler. That was the least effective he's ever been as an, as an attacking player. These aren't bad players, though. I still think this is a good team, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold to that. I, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not yet in, in full panic mode, although because we've had so many bad experiences at Edmonton, it's kind of hard to resist that. Uh, I didn't even ask you for any comments on XL or Joe Biden. We'll leave that for another day. Uh, people can follow you two different ways. If they're interested in following you in politics, how do they follow you? Uh, they go to at David Staples Yeg. And for hockey, it's at D Staples on Twitter. David, as always, thank you for your time. Always great to talk to you, Bob. Talk to you later. That is David Staples, Cult of Hockey's Today's Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock. That's W-I-L-H-A-U. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, today. When we come back, uh, we'll do a quickie look at the North Division report. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. 126 in Edmonton. Cars cost less than with Tasquin. That's the old saying in the car business in these parts. Outstanding customer service is also a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling one 877 4673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Uh, yeah, I said it. Um, Fully believe that Toronto-Montreal would make the playoffs, thought Edmonton would compete with Toronto-Montreal. Calgary's off to a great start. The Oilers are not. Let's go to our North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Finding your home, listing your old home, it all starts. It's sold today, edmonton.ca. Find it, love it, move on. Brendan Escott. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so we'll just uh, take a look at the standings of things right now through uh, four games for Toronto, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Very contrasting records. Toronto at the top, 3-1-0. and They've got six points. Calgary and Montreal by virtue of two wins and an overtime loss apiece. They each sit there with five points. Winnipeg 2-1 uh, and one out of the gate. Ottawa 1-1-1. One, one and one. They make up 4-5 and five respectively. Edmonton slides in uh, behind with the one and three record and then because they beat Vancouver on home ice they are sitting in six while Vancouver's one and three record has them in seventh. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Andrew has texted the show to say, Bob, I think Paul Yarby's looked better than Cahoon so far. It could be a spark on the top line with Connor and Cassian. I like that line. Uh, then you put the best line in hockey back together. Uh, then you have a fast third line with Turris, Cahoon, and Nygaard. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I would not put Cassian and Paul Yarby together because you've got two right shots there and... Um, I, I would wait on Pugliarvi for me. Uh, Pugliarvi's done a good job transporting the puck a bit. Turris has got to elevate his level of play. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, I'd actually, to me, Cahoon either plays with Leon or he plays with Connor. That's kind of where I'm coming from. But, Andrew, everybody's entitled to uh, your opinion. Uh, Fletch from Calgary says, hopefully there are enough Ontario-born players on the orders that they will want to excel in front of family and friends. <laughs> There's no one in the building, uh, and their family and friends are watching every game. The orders got to get going. No question. Uh, we have another one here. Uh, Quibbs saying, Bob, how about Cassian and Pugliarvi with McDavid? Start them together. 
Uh, so they have time to practice the line, and Pugliarvi seems to play really hard at the start of the game in each shift. Cassian's due to start hitting and waking up. Maybe the big wingers is what they need. It'll help McDavid get the room he wants. Who plays left wing between those two guys? That would be my concern there. In fairness to Cassian, he got a huge shot in on Joel Edmondson and on Josh Anderson in the last game, started to get a little bit more physically engaged. Needs to be, uh, you know, he's had a lot of things go on in his life here. Father for the second time can uh, be a little bit challenging. You go from uh, double coverage to uh, man-to-man coverage, and the way he's going right now, in a few more years, he might be going to zone. And for those of you that have more than two kids, you know what I'm talking about. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with John Shannon, our NHL insider, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.